So we're going to welcome into the program from Gigum247.com, Jeff Tarpley. Jeff, good morning. How are you, my friend? Pretty good. How are you doing, guys? Doing terrific. All right. Uh, before we talk about the, the, the tide, let's talk about last week. What was Jimbo Fisher's mood after the game as they had to fight uh, for that win over Vandy? It was interesting. You know, last year after they played LSU, he was a little shell-shocked, so to speak. But LSU did that to everyone last year, no matter what kind of game plan you came up with. Uh, it tended to unravel very, very quickly against Joe Burrow and company. Saturday night, though, he really seemed downcast when he got into the press conference. Uh, he took responsibility for everything that happened right away. And in particular, keep in that Jimbo Fisher isn't just a head coach in college station. He's also the offensive coordinator, calls plays. He's a quarterback's coach, and he's also the de facto special teams coordinator. Now, two of the three units that perform the worst in that game were directly his responsibility. So from his standpoint, I think this was a personal failure. And in particular, he has to be asking himself about what more he can do with quarterback Kellen Mond because he's Mond's just kind of plateaued. Some would say he's regressed, but the thing is he hasn't progressed, and as a result, the offense hasn't progressed with him. Uh, before the year, everybody was like, hey, A&M's going to go as Kellen Mond goes. Well, as of right now, uh, you know, A&M's offense is, was kind of stagnant the other night and kind of gives the season's outlook it's not as positive as it was just even a couple of weeks ago. How Jeff, do you expect – go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jeff. Let me ask you this. I know that Nick Saban assistants have not had great success going into Tuscaloosa and playing him. Has, has, has Jimbo talked about kind of his relationship with – with uh, with Coach Saban and then kind of what his game plan is moving forward and going, having to take his team that played really not very well and having to take them into, into this environment. You know, it's interesting. It comes up – it's come up every year that, that Fisher's been in College Station. Hey, look, you know, why, you know, why can't anybody beat Nick? You know, why haven't you beaten him? I, I think those are distractions for Coach Fisher. Uh, he knows that he doesn't have the talent level that Nick Saban has at his disposal, although it is getting better. I think he's still trying to focus on building up the program and doing the things he needs to do to beat everybody else, including Alabama. So from his standpoint, I think it's more of a distraction than anything else. I think really more, what he's more worried about than anything else right now is getting Kellen Mond back on track to what he was as a sophomore and in parts of his junior season and getting the offense as a whole going so that they can be competitive in the better games on their schedule. Because let's keep in mind, they went from having a two-game stretch against Alabama and Florida to now it looks like a tough three-game stretch with Alabama, Florida, and Mississippi State. And what he doesn't want to have happen, no matter whether – he's over against Nick Saban or not, is come out of this stretch one and three. And I think that these next three games are very, very critical for the Aggie season. Jeff, Damani Richardson had a big game against Vanderbilt, which included a pick. How does the, what does the staff like most about him, and what, what, how important is he to that defense? 
you know, the safeties are very important to Mike Elko's defense. He is the safeties coach. And and one of the things in, in, in modern football, everybody talks about the corners and locking people down on an island and taking away half the field, that type of thing. But you rarely get that in the modern game. You typically, it's like if you have a great offensive player in basketball, you don't just leave them, you don't just leave someone one-on-one on LeBron James for 48 minutes. Uh, you have to send over double teams, try to make them do some different things, take the ball out of their hands. It's similar with pass defense. With Damani Richardson, Leon O'Neal, A&M safeties have not only got to be in the box players and come down hard against the run, which they did a good job of the other night, but they also have to be cognizant of those run-pass binds that modern offenses can put you in and also high-low binds, which is the deeper pass routes, bracketed by shorter and immediate routes so that you're not making mistakes in terms of taking the wrong receiver and opening up yourself for big plays. And I think the best thing that A&M did the other night as far as its safety play was not allow those types of big pass plays against Vanderbilt that you've seen in the that, – that has been a problem for them in the past. Richardson is a big, fast kid, uh, and he seemingly has gotten better at making those kind of decisions. So has O'Neal. Uh, and But they're really going to be tested Saturday night because you've got uh, a quarterback in Mac Jones who is – throws the deep ball accurately. If you give him time, he's going to make good decisions. So from A&M's standpoint, they might have to give up something shorter intermediate in order to make sure that they don't make those deep coverage mistakes and that Jones isn't going to find someone just running wide open down the field or in advantageous man-to-man situations against A&M's corners. Talking with Jeff Tarpley uh, from Giggum247.com. Jeff, I'm going to circle back around to the offense. You mentioned the uh, play of the offense, and, and in particular, Kellen Mott at quarterback. What is the consensus in College Station, A, the issues the offense, what they're having, and B, what, what the solutions might be? Fans being fans, I think, you know, Mond is a effectively a three-year starter. He started about half half of his freshman year. Uh, again, it goes back to this is the same Kellen Mond we've always seen. And if this is the same Kellen Mond three years into his, his tenure in college station, then it's time for a change. The problem is, is that A&M's backups, you've got, Zach Calzada, who's a redshirt freshman, minimal game experience. Uh, you've got true freshman Haynes King, no game experience. Not only that, neither of them had the benefit of spring practice and kind of an off, you know, summer. They didn't really get back together and start working with receivers, uh, you know, June, July. Uh, and they would be doing so in the spring, the off season, that type of thing. So for Fisher, he's really in a conundrum. He talks about Kellen Mond's mistakes being correctable, but they've always been correctable, and he keeps making the same mistakes. So from the fans' point of view, they're like, hey, it's they've just kind of moved on, and they would like to see something different. On the other hand, Fisher knows that if he is going to make a change, then he's got to get somebody else ready. He needs time to do that. In the interim, he's still got to figure out a way to make Kellen Mond productive. And one of the things I just wrote about this morning was the fact Mond's totaled 188 yards rushing. 
in two outings against Alabama, design runs and also where he takes off and scrambles. So if, even if he isn't throwing the ball well, this is the type of game where, yes, you take a chance with your quarterback's health and you, you, you overload the defense, you outnumber them with him at the point of attack, and you get the ball in his hands and see what you can do because a has got to find a way to jumpstart Mond and the rest of the offense. Well, and Jeff, let me ask you this, the running game. I mean, has, has Coach Fisher at all talked about jumpstarting that running game and trying to help Kellen with, you know, then being able to play action off of that? To me, Kellen Mond is best when he can boot, waggle, when he can get on the edge. And like you were saying, he's got the option to run. Has Coach Fisher talked about jumpstarting the running game at all and getting their running game going? Well, ironically enough, A&M's running game, they, they produced big plays the other night. Problem was, they produced about three big runs, and that was about it. There was a lot of times they just, you know, they wound up, and if they started at second and eight, they wound up at third and eight. They just weren't getting enough push. Vanderbilt, in particular, was getting its safeties down in the box and getting an extra tackler there, which made it very, very difficult for A&M to get its running game going. Offensive line wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. Uh, they have consistency issues as well. They've got to play with better leverage. They've got to start getting to the second level against the linebackers in the run game. Pass pro is okay. It, you know, you saw them on the uh, touchdown and with Anaya Smith. They ran the option. Modern defenses, college defenses, tend to slant away from the back because they know the the ball's coming to the side opposite the back. And A&M went to the side of the back, ran the option. So I think you're going to have to see them do some more things like that in this direction. It would be nice to see some boots and wagons. It would be nice to see them run more options, quarterback draw. Uh it would also take some of the pressure off of the offensive line in terms of having to displace people or win battles every single play. So, yeah, those things are available. Hopefully for A&M fans, they try to take more advantage of that uh, Saturday in Tuscaloosa. So Clifford Chapman decides to opt out the season, then ends up in the transfer portal. What happened between him and the Aggies? You know, Chapman, it's interesting. When he first arrived on campus, I was talking to someone, and, and they said, hey, look, our, our receivers really just don't like facing him in practice. He's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, He's got long arms. You know, he jams them once, and they just can never get into his route. And everybody's like, wow, this guy's a future star. Uh, never panned out for whatever reason, a, a lot of that being the fact that he just missed time. These are injuries. uh one season, I think he had academic issues. And again, it's the same thing with a lot of these kids. If you just can't get on the field and do anything productive, uh, you're not going to have much of a career. And I think that's pretty much it. He just couldn't get on the field. Uh, he was dinged in fall camp. And so it's just time for him to move on. Hey, Jeff, uh, what can we find on uh, gigum247.com? Well, today we've had a number of people, including myself, weigh in on the upcoming game with Alabama. Uh, recruiting's still a little slow, uh, but you'll find uh, my scouting report, which is pretty thorough, uh, Alabama's defense and A&M's offense. Uh, you've got other 24-7 guys weighing in on the game this weekend. Uh, you've always got good 
content from our just from posters on the message board who talk about all aspects of the program. And they, we have some guys that really can break this stuff down as, as well as I can. So if you come to Gigham 24-7, you're, right now you're definitely going to get some really, really good football talk. And that's going to continue uh, win or lose. And, of course, uh, you know, the passion from these guys is, is awesome. And, and it's a great, great set of people who don't just talk football. They're there for each other. Uh, when, when someone has health issues, that type of thing, uh, they rally around each other, try to help each other out. It's just a great, great community, and we wish, every, you know, wish more people would be a part of it. Jeff Tarpley, gigum247.com. We appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys.